You've scanned the headlines, read the articles, and liked the posts. Now listen to the experts themselves in the Future of Work podcast, presented by allwork.space. Are you ready? Today we have the pleasure of hosting Bob Fox uh, of Fox Architects, which Bob founded in uh, 2003. It's an integrated, award-winning architecture and design firm based in Washington, D.C. And Bob is the principal who oversees the firm and all of its activities and has been in the architectural and design trade for 30 years now. In 2010, Bob launched Work Design Magazine, uh, which I'm a great fan of. Uh, It's a digital publication that explores all aspects of design and architecture, and he's got over 62,000 leaders, architects, facility managers, uh, and consultants that follow him on Work Design Magazine. So welcome, Bob. Great to have you aboard. Thanks, Frank. Uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation. There's uh, definitely a lot going on in the workplace world these days. Well, you know, and I say great to have you aboard, too. I, I'll also mention to the audience that Bob and I are great friends and uh, great loves, uh, lovers of the, the sailing world. Uh, so um, you'll probably find some of our language salted with a little of, of that. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, always looking for an excuse to get out on the boat. Yep, absolutely. You know, Bob, we're, we're sort of in a, a COVID consciousness right now as, as that dominates a lot of conversation, but we all know COVID's going to go. It's going to change. Uh, it'll migrate away. Uh, we'll get, get it behind us. But a lot of design change as a result of COVID is going to end up being permanent. Can you address the things that you think will outlast COVID in design change and structure and the way people use the workplace? Um, can you give us your insights on that? Sure. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Frank, one of the things at Work Design Magazine that we just did was the next work environment competition. And uh, we started that mm-hmm. back in April. And we had a lot of interesting, uh, you know, sort of submissions, you know, for that. And one of the things I think that came out loud and clear is that. Uh, getting through this, the work environment now, I think, is really becoming more about connectedness for people. Uh, one of the things that we clearly saw in the data that we got from that was that uh, as designers were thinking about the workplace, um, the open work areas or the collaborative workspaces were, were less about work and more about that people connection. So I think you're going to see that rise up in importance in the way that people are thinking about how we design these environments. Uh, The other thing I think that you're going to see is that, uh, you know, we've all had, uh, I think, experiences working remotely, uh, you know, looking at the workplace, uh, you know, I think in a a way that, uh, you know, like I'm sitting here, I've got a microphone, you know, we've got laptop computers, uh, you know, high-speed internet connections. Uh, all of those technologies are advancing, and I think those are all going to be brought into the workplace. So where before we had things like huddle rooms, uh, now I think we're going to see things like Zoom rooms, you know, that are essentially set up for, you know, video conferences on steroids, basically. So I think those are just a few of the things that, you know, we're going to start to see integrated into new workplaces. Well, I know we from a flexible workplace sector, uh, business centers, co-working centers, et cetera. 
uh, Zoom rooms are already becoming uh, common uh, enough uh, because many of those centers had video conferencing or some variety of video conferencing already, uh, but they weren't really ex exploiting it. You know, they, were, they were really underutilized uh, systems. Uh, today, however, I think that that's going to uh, help draw people together. So I would agree directly. And I know you've, you've worked on some projects with companies like uh, Convene as an example that's in our industry. How sure. do you see um, they're primarily a larger meeting format organization. Uh, do you see people continuing to have larger format meetings, or do you think that uh, those will end up being held uh, remotely like we're seeing conferences being done today? Uh, I know I used to go to a conference every 45 to 60 days somewhere in the world. Uh, now I go to a conference once a week somewhere in the world, but I'm still sitting in my same chair at home. So my ability to gain more knowledge more quickly um, uh, about our industry and about what's going on has increased as a result of these changes, not decreased. How do you think that will impact change, uh, design change? Um. Kevin Kelly in his book, uh, What Technology Wants, wrote in there that the old technology never goes away. And so I look at it and say, uh, you know, we're going to keep a lot of those things, but you're going to have a lot more choice. So there are going to be many more options. Uh, I think that out of this whole uh, COVID experience that we're going through now, uh, the work from home will continue. I think the flex workspaces will continue. And I think the office itself is going to take on a new meaning and uh, different kinds of functions. Uh, so, you know, I think when it comes to conferences and meeting space, uh, I think you're going to find that people are attending those, you know, in a variety of different ways. So it, it may be uh, somebody's you know, coming in remotely, it may be somebody's there, you know, in a, in a physical presence way. And then I don't know if you just saw in the Wall Street Journal this morning, uh, you know, there was the, the virtual remote, uh, you know, the Oculus, uh, mm -hmm. you know, experience. And so, you know, that that's very new. I mean, we're using that in a lot of the designs that we're putting together. But, you know, this is about people interacting and creating avatars. And I think that's something that's going to, you know, become much more prevalent in the future. Well, I mean, when you look at what Microsoft is doing with their HoloLens, sure, uh, yeah, beyond creating avatars, it is you're basically migrating your entire presence uh, to a remote location um, technologically, and I, I think that that will end up taking over the avatar structure um, at some point uh, pretty quickly because the technology is there. It's uh, just a matter of controlling the cost and managing the bandwidth. Um, so I definitely think that will have a, a, a big impact on things. Um, you know, people are talking a lot about the term destination offices. Uh, that seems to come up and, and we, we hear large uh, tech companies in particular talking about how they're going to be reshaping uh, their uh, work, uh, how they're going to be reshaping all the teams that, that work in those larger companies, et cetera. What does the term destination office mean to you? For me, I think that, uh, you know, if I look at what the function of the office is going to be in the future, uh, you know, it's going to be a place that you go to interact and to collaborate and for companies to innovate. 
So I think that most people are going to approach it and say, look, you know, if I don't need to be in the office, you know, I can get work done at home. I can get work done in a flex work environment that's more convenient, or, you know, my team may be in a flex work environment, but that, that office is, you're going to go there for specific reasons. And I think the challenge that most organizations have today, uh, you know, we can be productive, you know, just about anywhere, but it's our ability to create and to innovate that we really struggle with, uh, you know, when we're remote or we're moved from each other, you know, so I think that, you know, in order to do that effectively and for organizations to, to stay on, on their game, basically, uh, you're going to need spaces that people can come together, interact, share ideas, iterate those ideas, you know, create new things and, and, you know, develop the innovation that we need to keep our economy moving. So I think that's, that's, what you're going to see. And I, I, I guess that's what people uh, refer to when they say destination office. Well, you know, I, I was chatting with the head of uh, strategic planning for one of the largest uh, global tech companies the other day. And he made an interesting comment uh, when we were talking about the same issue. And he said, we're not going to have meetings anymore, except on Zoom. But we're going to have creativity events in our offices. Basically, uh, what used to be a, uh, a brainstorming session, um, uh, now we're calling it a creativity event, same thing, different, different words. But what used to be the uh, let's get together and go over the agenda from the meeting, uh, they don't plan to have those in person anymore. Uh, and I think the differentiation that you're talking about falls into that same category. The humdrum, uninteresting work uh, is done just great over Zoom. But true creativity, spontaneity, the energy you need to develop sometimes in the creative process will still occur in person, and offices will be reshaped physically to accommodate that. Um, so I, I think that that's something that we can, can definitely see uh, coming forward. Yeah, I, I, I would completely agree. I, I, I think that, you know, until we have some technology where you know, we can read people's body languages, you know, capture the inferences in our voices, make the eye contact, um, you know, that, that, that goes into a lot about how we interpret and perceive things. And, uh, you know, that's where I think the biggest gap with the technology is today. And so I think, you know, we're still going to have to meet and interact, you know, uh, in a physical way to, to perform at our best. Well, the other thing that you have to consider is, how can you buy me lunch if we aren't together? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's another thing. Yeah. If you look at, you know, how people meet and, you know, getting to know somebody and building that relationship, uh, you know, that's much harder to do over a Zoom meeting. No, it, it is. I think you can take established relationships and maintain them through Zoom and, and other technology formats, but you aren't ever going to have the ability create new relationships as, as strongly. Uh, I, I know I, an old, old guy that I used to know, I used to say, you, you don't know your client well enough unless you know the name of their dog. Yeah. Well, I, th really I think it's also a generational thing too, because, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, those of us that are boomers, uh, you know, probably more comfortable picking up the phone, calling, having a conversation, you know, with somebody that we know, and we've met lots of people through our careers. You know, somebody that's just starting out that's recently graduated isn't going to have that same, 
you know, knowledge or comfort level or relationship. And so how are they going to build those? Now, you know, the, the digital natives are probably using more social media things, but, but even still, I think you've got to be there, you know, uh, you know, to see and, you know, you know, uh, interact with people to, to gain that comfort and, uh, you know, build a strong relationship with somebody. I think that's true. I mean, you, you could use, uh, uh, dating sites almost as a good example of that. Um, you can you can only do so much over the internet, uh, and you don't really know how how real a person is until you are directly inter interfacing with them in person. And, and that uh, relationship development in business is so critical to lasting agreements on how to accomplish things, whether it's in within a company or or between companies. Um, that uh, we're, we're going to have to find that that proper mix as we go forward. That's for sure. You know, shift, shifting gears a little bit, uh, design, uh, uh, the way we use space, et cetera, is very often dependent upon a particular location um, and, the, and the characteristics of that location, a central business district of a major city, Manhattan, D.C., uh, et cetera. Um, versus the secondary and tertiary markets uh, might be a village out in the edge of a commuting zone, or it might be a, a, a nice town uh, in the middle of the commuting zone. How do you think that central business district locations are going to change based on uh, central business districts that rely on public transportation in, in particular? How do you think they are going to change? Because the, what we're seeing is people don't mind being in the office anywhere right now, but they don't want to go back to commuting and they don't like public transportation very much anymore because it's very difficult to control who you're sitting next to, how clean it is, et cetera, et cetera. So how do you think all of that will change relative on a long-term basis? Yeah, you know, that's a fascinating concept. And uh, I think there's a lot of things that play into that. Uh, you know, the public transportation thing is one where, I, I, you know, I guess we'll have, you know, temperature sensors and maybe hand washing stations or hand sanitizers, you know, to get into that. Um, but you also, if you look recently, I mean, the number of people riding bicycles, you know, has increased dramatically. <laughs> You know, I, I have a, I have a friend. I'll interrupt you right there. I have a friend that owns a, a very nice regional bike shop here in Southern California. His sales are up five hundred percent for the year. Wow, 500%. yeah, they, they cannot keep inventory. Everything they have inventory back ordered all the way to next June. Wow, yeah, it's just just staggering. You know, but if you um, so, if you look at all the alternative forms of transportation, you know the the scooters. You know, I think you know you're seeing a lot more people ride scooters around. Um, well, you, an you, electric bike. I mean, yeah, the electric bike was where where the business has has migrated, and because um, you can arrive at the office, you don't have to arrive all hot and sweaty uh, if you're riding an, an e-bike, and you make a pretty good time. Yeah, no, actually, I'll share. I bought an e-bike and, you know, I got it because I getting home, I have a big hill to get up. It's a couple miles long. And uh, and I got it thinking I'd ride it like a regular bike. But I pretty quickly learned that, you know, I don't have to sweat if I don't want to. <laughs> so, you know, I started riding it into the office and, you know, it. it uh, I have a six mile commute and I could do it just as quickly as I could in my car, you know, on the bike. 
and uh, it was a lot less stressful. <laughs> no, you don't have to worry about parking places and this and that, but, but all these things really impact design. They impact the way we work, um, how we get to work, where we're going to choose to live relative to where we work in the future. Uh, and I, I think that back to the public transportation impact uh, on central business districts, the central business district has two issues. Number one, getting to it. And number two, the large corporates and government, particularly the large corporates that have historically been in the central business district, um, now telling 80% of their workforce uh, that they can work from home one or two days a week. You know, one day a week of everybody working from home across the city um, that, that lives outside of the city is a 15 to 20% vacancy factor in the commercial space in that city all of a sudden. Two days a week, 30 or 40% potential vacancy factor. So what is going to happen to that commercial space? How is it going to be repurposed? And will it change the way people that work in the city will relive, will live in the city because they don't want uh, that public transportation and that vacant commercial space will be repurposed into residential which might drive the price of residential down a little bit in the cities make it more affordable for people to live there how do you see all of that because that that's part of the workplace is how you get there where you live relative to where you work it's all tied together giant echo yeah no i i agree and i think you know it's very much uh part of the workplace and i i think longer term frank i don't think that it's going to have that big of an impact because if you look at that, uh, you know, very dense urban environment, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of things that happen in that. And, you know, just walking down the street, you know, you'll, you'll get an idea. Um, you know, I feel like uh, one of the big challenges that we have today in our society is this whole concept of, you know, diversity and inclusion. And for me, uh, you know, I think it should be obvious. It's, you know, through our differences that our eyes are opened and we learn new things. And if, if I had to go through the, you know, the same commute into the same small town and see everybody that's the same on the same main street every day, I would not be as creative or as innovative as if I'm in a larger urban area where I get exposed to different people, different ideas, different settings, you know, and, and different experiences. And so, you know, that, that is a, I think, a necessary part of the workplace because, you know, we have, uh, you know, all these different things that we get exposed to. There, there was a research project, and I, I can't remember where I saw this, but uh, it was a physicist who had looked at, uh, you know, large urban areas versus smaller areas. Uh, you know, people walked faster. Um, you know, they, they had, they were, they were more dense, obviously. Uh, you know, they made the, they on average had higher incomes. And so, you know, all of that was because of that, uh, urban centers ability to increase productivity, to, you know, increase new ideas, to create new things. You know, if we, if we do away with those, we're, we're not going to have the ability to do that or to do it as well as we've done it historically. So, you know, I think you're going to see a period where, you know, we probably go through, a, uh, you know, maybe a year or two or three of, uh, you know, excess office space. But, you know, I think once we get through this COVID 
uh, you know, crisis and, you know, we get some good leadership, uh, you know, in our government and, you know, there's less chaos, then I think you're going to see all of those things return to, um, I'm not going to say normal, it's going to be different, but, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to be back in those dense urban areas again. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, everybody says, when are we going to go back to normal? And, and I hate that, go back to normal, because uh, it, it, it sounds regressive to me. Uh, and I always think of normal as tomorrow. It's not today. It's not yesterday. Normal is always what you do. You know, the next thing you do is create normal. Uh, so hopefully there's no going back on, on anything. You, you make an interesting point about diversity in cities, and, and I agree with you completely. You know, years ago, we started the Alliance Network. We were competing uh, against a very large monolithic company in our industry. Um, and we used to absolutely claim and, and use as a competitive capability that our differences were our strength. Uh, and when you're competing against a monolithic uh, organization that doesn't have differences, you absolutely can find uh, strength in the diversity of your structure, the diversity of your ideas, the, your problem-solving techniques. All of those things do drive growth very effectively. Um, uh, no, no question about that. Whatsoever. Yeah, I, I just experienced it with um, the competition, you know, that we did, and you know what, what I think the jurors missed the most was that ability to interact, uh, you know. Uh, get exposed to others' ideas, you know, look at how somebody else was perceiving it to provide that different viewpoint, um, you know, because we did the competition virtually. And, mm -hmm. you know, we used uh, Space Tricks as a, a software platform where you could speak in what your comments were, but there was no interaction with other jury members. And I think the jurors felt like th th that was one of the sort of biggest gaps or missing pieces from their experience, you know, going through that. You know what? What did the uh, the winners of that competition? I know it was quite a competitive structure, and you, you Work Design Magazine laid it out brilliantly. Um, what did the winners come up with as the the top two or three takeaways that uh, we can leave the audience with today on upcoming changes in the way people will be working? Um, I think that what we saw was uh, increased uh, flexibility, increased choice. Uh, healthy, safe work environments were a priority. I think there's a real focus back on people. Uh, it's almost as if work, the work itself was less of a priority. Uh, and it was more about the connectedness of people, because I think that's what people were missing most. Uh, the, the feedback that we got out of the work from home uh, situation was really interesting because I think people felt like that's where they could concentrate the best. That's where they were the most productive. That's where they spent the most time. But it came at a huge cost. And that cost was they weren't able to interact with their peers in a way that they felt comfortable or productive. Uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the uh, collaborative workspace was one where the, the work itself was not the priority. It was the ability to connect with people that was the priority. So I think you're going to see this, you know, the workplace, uh, and I think even in the flex work environments, well, in the co-working space, what we saw was really interesting was that um, it was more about the team and interaction than it was about the individual, you know. So, so I think you're going to see these work environments become more about, uh, you know, that interaction, the sharing of ideas, 
uh, you know, the ability to exchange and iterate ideas, uh, you know, and uh, helping companies to, you know, find that new innovation. No, I, I absolutely think that that collaborative structure uh, that uh, co-working brought uh, back to a lot of companies uh, as a concept, uh, uh, building internal communities within your company that can collaborate and, and, and work well together is, is going to be critically important uh, overall as well. Uh, so I, I think that's uh, probably uh, a pretty good takeaway for the way people will be rethinking uh, design uh, as, as they go forward. Uh, you know, one, of, one of the other things I'll add, you had asked earlier about the meeting space, um, you know, and, and this is one of the things that I think this, you know, the convenes and flex work environments uh, can do very well. I think that um, primary office space is going to be something that becomes much more exclusive, you know, and, you know, your guests and visitors may be limited in, you know, how far they can go or, you know, get into the space. Uh, and I think you're going to see those meeting spaces and, uh, you know, flex work environments become where people choose to meet, you know. Yeah. And so I think those those spaces are going to be geared to safe meetings, you know, efficient meetings, high levels of service, uh, you know, all the amenities that you need, the technology, the audiovisual stuff. All of that stuff is going to be, you know, centered in a location that people will go to. And the office itself, I think, will be become more exclusive. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's going to be the, this interfacing or intersecting uh, space between visitors and uh, co-workers within an office. Uh, absolutely. You see that in a lot of um, high-level financial firms or in firms that do secure work with the government and things of that nature already. And historically, they've done that. But uh, that hasn't been common with internally within uh, companies as much. Uh, well, and I think that. it'll become more of a mass market type of service too. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that completely. Although there'll be a lot of changes coming along, uh, um, no question of that. And uh, some of them will stick, some of them will, uh, won't. Uh, this whole period of, of COVIDness, so to speak, has been disruptive in a lot of respects. But my experience in 40 years of being in this, this industry, is that out of these dynamic uh, or out of these challenging times, as everybody's calling them, come a lot of, of changes that really help us to leap, leap forward as opposed to get stuck and, and go backwards. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the next generation of business that we'll see starting out over the next few years and, and think it'll be a quite a creative time overall. Yeah, I would completely agree with that, Frank. You know, you were talking about the people that said get back to normal. And uh, I think that's a mistake to look at it like that. Um, I would look at this this whole period of time that we're in right now very opportunistically. And I think that, you know, what the technology is going to enable us to do uh, are to for us to customize and individualize things and put a lot more nuance into our workspaces. You know, and so I think those are the things that are going to really, uh, you know, drive organizations forward. I think that if you look at the way that space has been designed in the past, uh, there are, you know, uh, sort of like one size fits all approaches where a lot of the things are the same. You know, they may look different or have different finishes, but um, I think now what you're going to see are organizations saying, hey, I need this type of space or, hey, I need this tool in my workplace or I need this type of support that is going to be very focused on 
uh, you know, the type of business that they do, the type of work that they do. So I, I think that, you know, we're in this period where I think it, it's opening the doors. People are stepping back. They're looking at it in a new way. I think there's going to be tremendous opportunity, uh, you know, to drive the workplace forward, you know, in the future. No, I absolutely agree. Well, Bob, we're running out of time here. Um, uh, so before I ask you how people can get in touch with you, I'll, I'll get my, my sort of comment from what we've been discussing is um, uh, the good old days are tomorrow, not yesterday, for all of us. Um, and, and Bob, how, how, uh, if people want to reach you, how, how, what's the best way for them to do so? Yeah, Frank, uh, my email address, I'll give you, uh, it's bfox at fox-architects.com. So, you know, anybody can feel free to reach me there. Uh, LinkedIn, uh, it's Robert D. Fox, uh, you know, on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, so those are probably the two best places that somebody can get a hold of me. Okay, that sounds great. And, and I'm going to encourage everybody to take a, a solid look at Work Design Magazine also got a tremendous amount of content that's very vital to uh, the way people will work in the future, the, what people are doing that's innovative today, and it's uh, well worth the time spent uh, uh, with Work Design Magazine, and that's workdesign.com. Yeah, and Frank, Bob? yes, you know, uh, yeah, and you can also reach me through that as well. But, uh, you know, the one thing I'll add to that is that uh, the one thing I'm very proud of with Work Design Magazine is that... Uh, all of my peers are the ones that are contributing to it. So, you know, when I built the platform, I felt like there was no place to go to talk about, you know, what was happening in the industry. And now that that content is all being generated by my peers, it's all, you know, very high level stuff. And, uh, you know, I think that's the thing that I enjoy the most about it. No, it looks, looks great. Well, Bob, thanks again for the time you spent with us today. I really appreciate it. I we'll look forward to getting on the phone another time and just talking sailing. Uh, Frank, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks. I really appreciate the opportunity. You know, there's a lot happening out there right now. And, you know, we're always looking for great new ideas. And, you know, you're, you're at the heart of a lot of that. So uh, I enjoy the conversations. Okay. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. Thanks. See ya. If it's impacting the future of work, it's in the Future of Work podcast by allwork.space. Are you ready?